The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, it is a beautiful Tuesday afternoon in the Capital Region. It's Jaylen and Andrew on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Looks like we have a pretty full show this afternoon. We do have a pretty full show. We uh, we weren't able to give away some concert tickets yesterday, so we have some to give away today. What is that concert? Melissa Etheridge. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, she's she's one of my faves, and she's playing the Windspear as well. So we'll uh, we'll do that coming up this afternoon. We have lots to get to. People have been fuming about gas prices, mm. have been just wondering what the heck is going on now. I don't know if they dropped again. Did they drop today? Um, but I was on GasBuddy.com and I was seeing prices at like a buck seventeen. But I'm hearing I'm driving around and seeing a buck twenty-seven, a buck twenty-eight, a buck thirty, and there was talk that it could possibly be record-breaking, some of the all-time highest prices that we've paid for uh, for gasoline. So we're going to talk yeah. to Dan McTagg. You know, from, uh, you know what's uh, funny about that? is that people claim the gas prices go up in the summer. And uh, guess what? It's they the do. summer. <laughs> yeah. It is the summer. Um, so we're going to talk with uh, Dan about gas prices. We also have our um, our monthly segment, Fit After 40. Um, Grant Fedor from Leading Edge Physiotherapy is going to join us. Plus, we're going to keep you up to date on that Toronto van attack. We're going to get things going right now. So as the investigation continues into uh, the attack in Toronto that killed 10 people injured 15 others. We're learning more about the suspect and the victims. Now that suspect, 25-year-old Alec Manassian, appeared in court this morning. Joining us with the latest from Toronto is Global News Toronto reporter Jamie Marocker. Hi, welcome to the show, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Give us an idea, Jamie. It's been, oh my gosh, 24 hours um, since this horrific attack on, on your city. Give us an idea of, um, of what it feels like in Toronto today. It's so funny you ask that because I'm actually cutting a piece right now on that. I went out and spoke with uh, a multitude of people who are from this area, this area called North York, um, and many say... The strangest thing about today is that Young Street, which is an extremely busy street, is silent. It's quiet. It's closed off for about two kilometers. Many of the businesses are shut down. But beyond that, people are, so it's a a little bit of a somber mood. People are really coming together. The community is really banding together. And that's the common theme that I saw today. I know we've seen lots of uh, pictures from Toronto of uh, makeshift monuments and uh, people out with markers putting messages on there. I suppose that's just all part of the recovery? I think so. You know, people who don't even know the victims who came out today to share maybe it's their pain, uh, it's in their healing, whatever it may be, they all came together, they said, to pay respect to those people who lost their lives and to make sure that the community... um, has an identity of strength in some way, that um, it it keeps its identity as a multicultural one, one of acceptance, and um, one of community and love. Jamie, give us an idea of what happened in court today. Um, Manassian appeared in court this morning. Um, What what can you tell us about that? Yeah, 25-year-old Alec Manassian is the suspect in this case. He was charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder, which in Canada holds uh, an automatic sentence of life in prison and no parole for 25 years if you're convicted. So a very hefty sentence along with that. Uh, 10 counts, obviously, 
extremely, extremely serious. Also, 13 counts of attempted murder in this case as well. We do know that there are still victims recovering in hospital at this point. More than a dozen. Um, we're still waiting for more word on that. We also learned today that Alex uh, had a short stint in the Canadian Forces, Canadian Armed Forces, and uh, he left after um, just a few weeks with them on his own accord. Now, police have told us that they aren't ruling anything out at this point. They are investigating mental health um, as a potential uh, motive. In this case, they're looking at many different things, many different moving parts. Uh, a police conference was just held not very long ago. I have not yet been briefed on that because I have been at the scene of the memorial, but we are going to be learning quite a bit more in the next few hours. Well, one of those stories that uh, is out there is about uh, incel, this involuntary mm-hmm. uh, celibacy. Um, and I know that we have to be careful at a time like this when looking through social media and attempting to uh, get an idea of the background of the suspect that we're looking at legitimate social media not anything uh, you know that's been faked and put up there but that seems to be a story that's gaining a great deal of momentum yeah so we put that out there last night um actually a family friend of manassian sent that facebook post to um us late last evening and told us that it was in fact um from his facebook we put that out there, then there was the, the chance that it was maybe a hoax of some sort, but today Facebook coming out and confirming that it is an authentic post, that um, that Alec Manassian Facebook page that was up was authentic as well. And um, actually, Facebook itself has taken down not only that post, but took down um, his Facebook page. What can you tell us about incel? Have you have you researched much of it? Much of it? Well, I, I know that in that blurb on Facebook, it was a lot of social media jargon. Um, incel would be um, involuntary celibate, so somebody who's not able to find a sexual partner per se. They're awkward in um, sexual social situations, dating situations, if you if you will. There was also uh, a sentence in, in there that was talking about Chad's and Stacey's mm-hmm. will pay, that sort of thing. And, and those are people who are good uh, in relationships or dating situations and are able to easily um, navigate that kind of world. So, I mean, if this, in fact, was a post from Alec, it, it comes across as a very misogynistic post of somebody who maybe has um, issues, um, you know, with their confidence as well as with women. So that remains to be seen at this point. But, of course, police will be investigating that as well. And what do we know about the victims at this point? Uh, I know that one had been identified by family members, but have any been officially identified? Yes, we do have um, the one, Anne-Marie D'Amico, excuse me, identified by her family. She was um, well-known in the tennis world. She worked at an investment firm here on Young Street, which is likely why she was in the area. We are slowly but surely learning more about more victims. We're trying to confirm them as we speak. I did speak to a woman who was at the vigil today who said she recognized um, one of the victims who was who was circulating on social media as a South Korean victim and said she used to pass her every day on Young Street if this is, in fact, one of the victims. She worked at a Korean food court on Young Street near Finch, uh, she broke down in tears during our interview and said, you know, I see this woman every day. She was just going to her job. This could have been any of us, which is kind of the sentiment that I'm hearing from a lot of people. This could have been your mother, your sister, 
it was all of us on that street yesterday. Global News Toronto reporter Jamie Morocker joining us this afternoon, giving us, giving us an update on the investigation into the Toronto van attack. Curious to know your thoughts on, you know, there was the hockey game there last night and seemed to be a, a lot of celebrating. And, I, 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 and I'm hearing some people saying that it almost kind of felt awkward to watch it or to be there, but those who were there saying that it was very much a part of the start of healing for that city. You know what? I have to disagree with that. I don't think it was awkward by any means. I think it was a a great show of of the city coming together. I think that's what it was meant to come out like. Um, And I know a lot of people here felt like it was, you know, that hashtag is floating around Toronto strong. I think a lot of people here uh, really did feel that we are, of course, a sports city. Um, I don't think an incident in any way, and the mayor said he didn't want it in any way to stop the city from turning, to stop the city from going, so people were going to attend that game. Um, I will say that security was up at the ACC. They did put up those um, blockades, that sort of thing. So there was the air that this had had occurred. Um, By no means were people ignoring it, and I think this was the way for the team to acknowledge it. You know, uh, cycling back to uh, Manassian for a second, do we know anything more about um, where he was born or, or anything like that? We know he has an Armenian background, um, and he was raised in Richmond Hill. His father was in court today, bombarded by media. He said nothing to the cameras as he left the courtroom today. Um, family, friends, we spoke with the neighbors we spoke with, say he was a bit of a recluse, very quiet, an outsider, if you will, uh, socially awkward. Uh, his classmates have also described him as such, but that he was extremely uh, well-versed in uh, tech. That, that was mm-hmm. kind of his expertise. Um, so we're getting two sides uh, of this man, maybe a, a little bit of a tech genius and a little bit of a recluse. Hmm. All righty. Jamie Morocco joining us this afternoon. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, seeing your report tonight on, uh, on, the, on the Global News Channels. Jamie, thank you so much. No problem. Alrighty, um, two fifteen on the six thirty Ched afternoon news. Now Jamie had mentioned uh, when we were talking to her that Toronto Police and the Chief Coroner of Ontario um, had just wrapped up a news conference a short time ago updating the van attack. Uh, homicide Detective Sergeant Graham Gibson went through the first twenty four hours of the investigation. During the morning hours, as the chief mentioned, of Monday, April twenty third, the accused now known to be 25-year-old Alec Manassian, attended a rider truck rental facility just north of Toronto. He then proceeded to rent a panel-style van. Uh, subsequent to that, he then made his way to the area of Finch and Young Street in Toronto, and this was around 1.30 p.m. As has been reported in the media, the accused is alleged to have posted a cryptic message on Facebook minutes before he began driving the rented van and he drove it southbound on Young Street and onto the crowded sidewalks. He continued to drive southbound on Young Street, deliberately striking pedestrians on the sidewalk and roadway with the vehicle. The accused was arrested by a member of the Toronto Police Service in the area of Young and Shepherd Avenue. Once arrested, the accused was taken to 32 Division and he was investigated by the Homicide Squad. He has been charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder 13 counts of attempted murder, and we're anticipating a 14th count of attempted murder, which will be laid shortly following some uh, follow-up investigation. The accused did appear in court today, uh, this morning at 1000 Finch Avenue, 
and he's being held in custody. As you can imagine, the investigation is uh, extremely detailed and ongoing. And because the accused has been charged, I'm restricted from discussing any evidence involved in the investigation, including any questions uh, pertaining to motive. And there have also been plenty of questions about the identity of those people who died in the attack. While, while, while one family has named their daughter as a victim, as you just heard, uh, Chief Coroner for Ontario Dr. Dirk Heyer says his office isn't or hasn't officially confirmed any of the identities at this point. We clearly recognize and fully sympathize with the families and we recognize the significance of those and their friends who are desperate to understand and to know the true identities of those who have died. I'll tell you, identifying the victims is our number one priority. And last night, Detective Sergeant and I were working closely with others. There were three coroners that were present at the scene, and we were working closely with our forensic pathology colleagues to help to start that work. But we also have to ensure that we're completely accurate when we do this. So we're always balancing the need to know and the desire to know quickly to ensure that we have 100% accuracy, and that takes time. And that time can be very frustrating at, uh, in situations. When we have tragedies of such mul multiple uh, numbers and complexity, it's very challenging. Uh, it occurred in a very busy pedestrian area, and it occurred over a significant distance. And there were many who are injured as well as deceased. And we need to have a full understanding of both the injured as well as the deceased to truly understand who each of those peoples are to, to effectively provide information to those families. And Dr. Heyer said it could be days before confirmed identities are released. Now, uh, some of you texting in about the military side of this, wondering also a little bit more about what incel means. We'll take a break here and we'll explain that when we come back. Okay, so let's start with the incel. Sure. Uh, stuff in this case. So there's there's questions now whether or not um, this attack was was motivated by um, a hatred of, of women and and uh, and really men who are sexually successful with women. Um, so incel is something the, the people who are involved incel describe themselves as involuntary celibate. Mm -hmm. um, Involuntary being the key word there, that they just simply don't have any any luck um, with the opposite sex. So, right, and they, they have a community, yes. an online presence in which these men communicate with one another uh, frequently mm -hmm. about it. And the blame is uh, traditionally placed on both the women mm -hmm. and those men who are more successful with women. They call them Stacy's and Chad's. Right, Stacy's and Chad's, and those are those individuals out there who are having normal uh, relationships with one another and who these men see as the enemy. Mm -hmm. So the Facebook post that kind of started tying this together went like this. Private Recruit Manassian, Infantry 00010, wishing to speak to Sergeant 4chan, please. C2324961. The incel rebellion has begun. We will overthrow all the Chads and Stacys. All hail the Supreme Gentleman, Elliot Roger. Now, Elliot Roger is a reference to a 22-year-old man, and you might remember this from a couple of years ago. Uh, it was in 2014. Um, 
he, Elliot Roger, killed seven, injured 14 in a shooting and a murderous driving spree in uh, Isla Vista, California. Now, prior to doing that, he had posted on YouTube saying he was determined to punish women who had rejected him. And again, he had described them as Stacy's and men who were sexually active as Chad's. Now, he committed suicide, but not before he published uh, what he called a manifesto, also expressing his extreme contempt for interracial couples. So that kind of gives you the background on that. Now, some people are questioning, okay, well, why is anyone talking about the military part of this if he was in and out of it within, you know, a couple of weeks? Mm -hmm. Well, because those numbers in that message, that 00010 and the C23249161 is what triggered people off, and he also called himself Private Recruit. Right. So they asked the question, and that's what they found out. Now, another thing that came up throughout uh, yesterday's show, um, and people wanted to know, why does the media and why do officials refer to these things as deliberate acts as opposed to terrorist acts? And whether they're, uh, the question was, you know, whether they're motivated or not, or whether there's a a connection to a group or not, is it not an act of terror? Uh, The reason is that terrorism, the charge of terrorism, is a legal term. Uh, In the Criminal Code of Canada, 83, subsection uh, 0, subsection 1, and we talked to our professor yesterday who mentioned Mm -hmm. the definition. Uh, Any terrorism act, this is according to the Criminal Code of Canada, any terrorism act has to be carried out for political, ideological, or religious motives. In order to lay that charge, and, and again, you don't want to refer to an act as something that legally it's not uh, until a charge is laid. But in order to lay that charge, police must prove they acted specifically for those reasons, political, ideological, or religious. Police must also demonstrate that whatever that ideology is, that there is actually a terrorist group to go with it. Um, so they can't. it can't be a made-up terrorist group or, or an imaginary one. Um, and again, I want to just make mention of this um our professor yesterday and again in what i've been reading today we talked about how do you prevent something like this moving forward when this was an individual not known to police that he had no previous criminal uh charges as far as we can tell and that he had made no threats beyond that Facebook post Mm -hmm. which was done minutes before and the term leakage came up. Do you recall that in the conversation yesterday? Uh, it's, It's important to repeat this. Leakage is in the absence of all other indicators that something's about to go wrong like this, that those individuals who are connected to the individual through social media, through uh, personal interaction, uh, across the uh, backyard fence, who gets some indication that the rhetoric is getting more intense or the anger is starting to increase or behavior is becoming less normal, that's leakage. That's where, without proof, but you have a pretty good idea something's gone wrong here, that they would ask that you report it to police and put the individual on their radar at the very least. And then they can use their resources to see if that ties into anything else that they're aware of. And in this case, it must be said that um, from all accounts, uh, Manassian has a history of awkwardness, Mm -hmm. of being what some would call 
odd, mm-hmm. um, maybe a, a bit more of a, a hermit, not very well in relating to other people, had it, having difficulties to carry on conversations. There has been some talk that he may have um, been diagnosed years back with Asperger's. Again, right. that's something that's still being investigated. All of these things... Um, um, you know, people, are, they're looking at right now and trying to put it together yep. and figuring it out. People are asking right now, okay, is he a Muslim or is he a Christian? Yeah. Uh, as, as far as we can tell, uh, he's not religious at all. But he's not religious at all. There's not... But certainly uh, no one has But we have said, not been told other... Right, yeah. yeah. No one has identified as specifically um, a religion. There was also, I should mention... But again, it goes back to saying that there has been nothing identified that would suggest exactly. that he has any ties to any terrorist exactly. organization. He was not on any police radar. That's right. He was not known to police Going back all. as far as uh, middle school or... Uh, junior yeah. high um, no one has ever uh, no one has so far stepped forward and said that he has any kind of uh, radical beliefs no. of any kind no. religious or otherwise um, but he has demonstrated uh, through one story in high school odd behavior of meowing in class for example so there's just little clues along the way that you know, perhaps something wasn't quite right. We'll take a break here for the 2.30 news. We'll shift uh, some gears. Uh, you guys are telling me that the gas prices are over a buck thirty. <laughs> We're going to talk to Dan Mateg about it next. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.